Boing. Boing. Yo, Keith, what's up? Happy Messias. What's happening? Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> Streamers. Glitter, confetti. Crackling sounds from a phone. <laughs> what's up? It's also Nothing. Uh, February now, so. <laughs> yeah. Have you been watching Curb Your Enthusiasm? No, not yet. I need to get back on it. I didn't Dude, even wait. So wait, show. I thought the last season. I thought the last season was the last season, and now there's a new season. That's the new season. That's correct. I oh, think. Okay, cool. Somebody went to. Up. Yeah, somebody went to Larry David and said, "Would you like more money?" And he said, uh, "Pretty, pretty." <laughs> also, I'm it's sure there's like lots of fodder for him in the social zeitgeist to uh, poke at. It, yeah, it episode one, problem. he's walking down the street and snaps a selfie stick over his knee. And then episode, I think it was the same episode, he's walking down the street talking to somebody and just shoves over a bunch of bird bikes. Uh-huh. And that's it. <laughs> and he doesn't the even self- reference it. The selfie stick seems maybe six years old, but the, the bird the bird scooters and all that stuff, that's pretty good. That's, that's yeah. on point. That's 2019, at least. I like Angry Old Man. He's my favorite. Yeah. It's good? Yeah. I should watch yeah. it? All right, I like it. it. Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll watch last season as a run up, or at least a couple episodes. I'll have to do a, a little bit of a primer coat, and then I'll get into this one. I, that's what I did. What about uh, Shit's Creek? No, nah, I don't deal with that. But okay. Speaking of home box office, ooh, right? let's go. Larry, Larry David's on that home box office network. Uh huh. It's not. It's not TV. It's HBO. Um, That's right. They also aren't they doing a documentary about the McDonald's? Uh, do you know about the McDonald's fiasco when the monopoly, the people that were stealing the monopoly pieces and uh, all of that? No, I don't know. Oh, you don't I know, know about the it. story, okay. but I don't. I don't know. Oh, yeah. about the. Well, thing. there's a there's a documentary. There's like a six part documentary on that. Which you is know, it out now? It just started, so I think they have like one or two episodes that have already aired. Ooh. Yeah. What's so it called? That's a millionaire, million dollar stealing. I don't know. Let's see. HBO million. Oh, McMillions. Monop- this looks awesome. I love this. Dude, how great is that? And they did it. Didn't they do it for a couple years? They did it for multiple years, yeah. The McMillions Monopoly oh. scheme explained. Did anybody go to yep. jail? I don't know. I haven't watched it. I oh, all, I know, all I know is I have loosely anecdotal evidence. But Oh, let's now... hear it. Uh, that's, that's my no, no, favorite that's kind it's, of evidence. I just know that I just – well, I don't want to ruin it, but I just know that there was an inside man and there was a – there was like – family and relatives and other people who were the winners and they had basically this gravy train of uh spreading out the winning tickets over the course of years you know it's so so good no no no. maybe we'll next episode when we come back i'll have a a review of larry david as well as mcmillions for you perfect all right are we gonna keep talking about tv shows and (laughs) what we're watching because i'm in i'll talk about tv all day i love it well, those Oscars are coming up. What about there's movies? Did you ever oh, see let's Parasite? Go. Did you see Parasite uh, last year? Yep, I like Parasite. I like that. Um, Parasite was good. Parasite thought- and Knives Out to me were were both 
kind of tap dancing into the same song, I thought. But other people didn't really feel that. As much I don't know, man. I like. I thought Knives Out. I haven't seen... How should I say it? Well, it, it reminded me of Clue, of course. Right? Of course. Right, yeah, yeah. But uh, it was cool. I like it when like big stars, like people that are like franchise level, mm-hmm. um, make those decisions to like, ah, I'm going to make a movie that is outside of the wheelhouse, you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, um, I thought Daniel Craig was awesome in it. I thought all the whole cast was super good. Mm-hmm. I like Knives Out a lot. That was awesome. I saw. I did, I did like Knives Out. I liked, I liked Parasite as the better version of Knives Out, though, in my opinion. But I'm the only one that's making this. I'm the only one that's making this connection. Not connection, but just like you know, I don't want to ruin it for all those people out there. Go see Parasite and see Knives Out, but also go see Parasite. Did you see? I mean, Redbox. I think at this point. (laughs) Yeah. Did you see The Good Liar? That was a that was a sleeper for me. That's like uh, uh, who's that? uh, Magneto and um, let me look real quick. Um, I'm gonna get at who is in it? Helen, Helen Mirren. Mirren. Yeah, yeah Helen McKellen. That's a really good one, just because it's kind of like a a cool. Did you see Honey Boy? I didn't see Honey Boy. Shia yet. LaBeouf's uh, Descent into Madness, where he plays yep. his own father. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's shocking. Is he, can he still descend into madness? I feel like he's semi submerged, and he's just kind of like waiting. He's just hanging out there, just like. But I can appreciate it, you know. Yeah. Shit, do do some weird stuff, Shia. Why not? You know. I mean, I like eccentric. Uh, yeah. Uncut gems. Do you see that? Need to see it. Need to I see. I love. It. it was pretty good. It made me uncomfortable the whole movie. <laughs> That's fair. It made me uncomfortable the whole trailer. The like, whole trailer. Yeah. <laughs> your boy. Um, your boy, uh, Mr. Deeds, is just looking like a a, a creep. Just like totally. a jewelry Gnarly. district creep. Just. Up to no good, um, but yeah, I got to I got to check that out. Did you see Addis Ad Astra? Yep, Ad Astra was good. I liked it. I'm a I'm a sucker for Moonscape. I know like, it didn't have to even be good. Like people try to tell me they don't like Gravity or they don't like um, what's uh, what's all right, all right, all right. Where he's trying to get his daughter back, uh, the McConaughey one with the what? robot that's a cute that's a square oh yeah uh with the time travel the time things yeah um, yeah the time tra- the interstellar. time travel interstellar yeah people try to tell me they don't like interstellar or gravity that's you, ridiculous you're smoking that good dope you, I know. You, you, you can't not like it just sit there and let that space wash over you and enjoy it so if you go favorite movie of the year for you i got mine but what's yours of that i saw it would have to be. You gotta probably, see it. It would probably be um, Parasite. I thought okay. that was just a creep show. It was engaging. You know, I think there's something also when it is foreign language and you're reading the subtitles. Like, I think mm-hmm. you're dialed in in a different way to to what's happening. Um, not that it's always the best decision, but like, I can't just kind of look off to the side and not pay attention to like every kind of. Thing that they're doing because I was kind of zoomed in to to pick up the translation, but yeah. um, I still need to f- see Ford versus Ferrari. That's high on my list. I oh, skip- that was great. I skipped The Irishman because everybody was just talking about how long it was. No, it's uh, not too long. I need to see Midsummer, which looked like a creepy movie. I don't know if yeah. you saw that one. 
You have, yeah. Yeah. So I, I still have quite a bit. You know, I'm still I'm like one movie a month that I get to choose to see. So there's there's a long list still. Okay. That I need to dip into, but you know, Oscars are coming up, so some people will win some trophies and uh, make some more movies, I guess. And they will take a moment to honor themselves. Yeah. That's always my that's favorite. Cool. Work, they work my, hard. Yeah. My movie of the year was Jojo Rabbit. Yeah? Okay. One hundred percent. World War Two, Two. Nazi kind of as the backdrop. Nazi uh, occupied Germany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and it's like Adolf Hitler is my imaginary friend situation. Yes, and yeah. it's actually so good. Mm-hmm. I, I I was shocked by it. You got to get first through the first ten minutes and be like, "What is this?" And then it kind of lays into it. I like that stuff. Mm. <coughs> All right, uh, so we went through yeah. movies. Yeah, uh, album of the year. Let's go. We're doing our. Oh, we're doing are we our just doing our year? And we, really? Yeah. Why not? I don't know. I don't have an album of the year. Uh, podcast well, of the year. Let's just do that. Let's skip that then. If we you can't just do. Who cares about the year? Like it's the new. It's the new decade. Okay, the new gonna, decade. If we're gonna what? do that, we might as well just talk about like you know. Oh, I'll give you this. You know. What podcast are you listening to right now that you love? Because I I stumbled uh, into, um, the Broken Record. Which I don't know the Rick one. Rubin, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gladwell podcast. Is that, where they, is that where they break down how a record got made? Yeah, sometimes. I mean, I think one of the cool uh, parts about what I like, what I like about the show, is um, a couple of things. One, it, I like Rick Rubin, and I think you know we probably talked about it here before, but I always think of Rick. Rick Rubin isn't like a knob twisting super producer, I've always thought Rick Rubin is the analog for us, right? Mm. He is a hyper crazy nerd that would listen to records one after another, after another, even if he wasn't producing records, he'd be in somebody's Mm. basement doing the same thing he's doing now. Mm -hmm. But because he had a success, people want to work with him, And he's the guy that's like, hmm, I don't know. You know, I know this is important to you, and he kind of goes, you know, in his Buddhist style, but um, anybody that can work from, you know, Johnny Cash to Ozzy to any, you know, up-and-coming hip-hop band. Yeah. And did he work Did he work with Cash, or did he just remix all his staff? Stuff? No, he went, he post, sent a post. producer to Johnny Cash, and uh-huh. he would go to Johnny Cash's house and go, you feel like recording today? Because Johnny Cash uh-huh. was not the the Johnny Cash of today, right? He was uh-huh. playing in like when I saw him play, he was playing in uh, Garden Grove at like a supper club, like, uh. like and had to keep touring to pay bills. Basically, got it. Yeah. Yep. So when I saw him in the '90s, you know, when he got older, it was kind of like, well, have, why have we abandoned this guy? You know, mm-hmm. who was probably arguably up there with the country music version of of Elvis Presley, I guess. Um, and he would, they would record stuff and then it kind of like became, you know, American, American music volume one, volume two. Mm -hmm. And if Johnny said, you know, no, I'm too, I don't feel like it today. You know, I'm tired. It's like, all right, I'll I'll hit you up in the morning. And it Mm -hmm. was kind of like, that's how they made all those albums was pretty amazing. Mm. Um, so when you listen through that one, uh, I would throw that out 
just because it's super crazy because i think you know there who can the access access to music i think rick rubin's kind of at the pinnacle of that so Mm -hmm. like you know one day they go and record booker t and you know the next episode's sharon and ozzy osbourne which is Mm -hmm. pretty amazing Mm -hmm. i love that yeah, I like the combination. I I think I subscribe to it or I meant to. You know, you tell me it's Malcolm Gladwell and Rick Rubin, yeah. and I'm like, that's going to be some high nerdery uh, For sure. <laughs> of, of the first order, but the kind that I like. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I need to jump into that. I've been listening to, there's this new podcast, what's it called? It's about art, like high, high art galleries who buys awesome the what's the name people, the way that rich people donate art as tax shelters mm-hmm. the way that they buy art and don't ever take it out of um storage and things like that um uh, it's called pictorial i'm trying to see i only see the titles usually but yeah it's called pictorial um so i've been getting into that kind of just digging back into the, it's it it's very much like a not pedestrian, but it's like just like uh, it's not coming at it from a highfalutin place. It's just like right. let's talk about art, you know, from the standpoint of a person who works in an art gallery and then someone else who has studied it. But they're talking about how it intersects with regular people and mm. the economics of it, of having it, of storing it, of uh, buying it. You know, kind of being yeah. lowbrow about it. Um, so that's been an interesting new one to kind of just pepper in the feed. They don't record that often. And then, you know, I got mo- that Dave Chang has, uh, yeah. his podcast. He's, he's kind of doing some things where he's talking to creators about, he's doing this series called pre-opening diaries where he's talking about that moment when you're in the last 30% before you release something. So that's been yeah. kind of interesting. But I've been, a, I, I really uh, like him. I mean, just like in mm-hmm. general, I think some of the stuff he's done with like Jerry Saltz and, mm-hmm. you know, it he's transcended a little bit well, for me. Well, that's what's interesting to me right now is people who are digging into not the not the highs and not necessarily the lows uh-huh. of what it is to be a creative person, but what is a creative life? What is what is it to be in a regular rhythm of creating something and getting paid for that creation and having that be the thing that is your sustaining force and kind of just poking at that and talking to different people that do that and understanding like what is the rhythm of their life? Like not just as it's perceived from the outside, but how does it feel to them and how do they go about their day in and day out process mm. of keeping sane and producing and how they feel about what they produce and, and, and the mirror that is reflected back when other people react to what they have and what they've done. So that's, you know, and so I think that's why he's always been interesting from that standpoint, talking about himself and what he's done, uh, even though he is very successful, but like the Jerry Saltz interview was kind of like that, how to, how to live a, uh, how to live the life of an artist and yeah. um, also now as he's going into these opening diaries so yeah man that's that's what podcasts are doing for me but it's it's interesting i had to pull back like i had a lot of how i built this and um sure 
business business based similar things but i feel like all the business stuff i got burnt out on it because it was just kind of like the same story over and over i started right. it was pretty hard right. i didn't right. give up and now look at me i am billionaire you know and it's just like it kind of got it got tired and it was a little bit aggravating to me to to listen to that story over and over i i I guess it's just a different year when you're talking about people who have such high performance and high um, high accomplishment. When you're talking about high accomplishment, that's always talking about a moment that is very complex and very intense. And I'm trying to find the right gear to just be and have just being uh, be productive enough to just stay in that place. You know, trying to find yeah. a, a meditative gear, a a sustainable gear not a gold medal gear because gold medal gear is like you're blowing out your knee and you're cursing out your coach and all that other stuff you know and so. I, I think that's that's super what's the right word yeah I, maybe the podcast medium has like gotten to the point where you know it the infancy was like okay let's go to no and now it's it's kind of got to that point where, hey, the ball's rolling. How do we keep the ball rolling? What was mm-hmm. what was it like getting the ball rolling? But mm-hmm. also, how do you have a? It's how do you have a complete life? You know, you're you in your twenties mm-hmm. is different than the you in your thirties. Mm-hmm. The you in your forties again, major change, fifties, mm-hmm. sixty. You know, you yep. get these milestones, and I think some of the people that we've I won't say emulated, but looked at watching people blow up, you know, at mm-hmm. your time period mm-hmm. have kind of gotten to the point where, you know, I always thought the Metallica um, documentary they did years ago, mm-hmm. which was them making a record. And then it's like, okay, these guys are all, you know, hundreds of millions heirs or whatever. Mm-hmm. How do you have that same anger and drive as you did when you were eating top ramen in a tour mm-hmm. bus in your 20s. And it was kind of disappointing to watch. It was like Lars <laughs> Ulrich selling his, you know, Picasso paintings and drinking champagne in a hidden booth and you're like <laughs> that's not metal at all, right? Um it's a different kind of metal. I it guess. is. But it no, is. It, you know, and that's interesting cuz you have a lot I I I know like uh you you were talking about it recently. I forgot who you were meeting up with, and you met some some punk cats. And weren't you looking at like original lyrics of some yeah. punk songs? And like, but that person who wrote that, you're right. That person has to grow up. There are those artists who never grow up, right? And they just kind of continue to have that life. But it's uh, it's got to be it never weird. ends well. Uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully some of them it will. But it's right. uh. <laughs> But yeah, it's 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 a it's a tricky thing the the turnover the seasonality of your life right and you, you that's a great term have, you have this this burn this high burn period and I don't know I'm just I feel like I'm getting into a different period where I'm just like all right this 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 doesn't this up and down thing doesn't work how do I how do I figure out this other uh, more stable gear. Yeah. Not saying that I don't have ambitions, but it's got to be, it's got to, it's got to have a different battery than just, um, 
my sleepless nights. It's got to work in a different way. The, well, the, the schedule and the clock just doesn't work that way. But aren't, aren't we entering that era where we were aware of, like I'll say my parents, right? Mm-hmm. There, When I became kind of, you know, 10, 11, whatever, you become aware of your parents and you're like, I got dreams, I got this, and you're a kid and you're full of all of that rambunctiousness or the the hope of the future. And mm-hmm. then I'm not <clears throat> saying in a negative way that you're that the passion's gone in any way, shape, or form. But when I have a fifteen year old daughter, my um, there's a difference between creating and building and I'm not gonna say maintaining's not the right word, but your goals change in such a way where um, it's it becomes less about you, more about the unit, mm-hmm. and kind of that that meaty piece of your life where definitely. Well, where it becomes, we used to drag think, kids play everywhere, and now it's like, no, my daughter my daughter's dragging me places to drop her mm-hmm. off or pick her up, mm-hmm. and and her friendships are becoming more important than the unit and it's my job to support her you know yeah that's a that's a weird way weird place to get into because i I still don't feel feel like like an adult oh i do i feel like an adult i'm adulting but (laughs) i don't know i feel like myself but it's definitely adult time i don't know why it's just it's yeah it's uh i definitely feel like it's just like a different role on the team right like yeah uh, not that anything is done, but it's like you used to be trying to slam dunk yourself, and now I'm like, how do I set everybody else up with alley oops? And the most important people being my kids, right? How how do sure. I put them in a position so that they'll be able to slam dunk whenever they decide that that's what they want to do, or whatever other you know, whatever other metaphor you want to use? Um, it's more about the give and go uh, than than like me trying to get down the field and 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 stuff stuff it in the net so yeah man i don't know that's weird so that that that's all a roundabout way to say those are the podcasts that are on uh, on deck but you know my subscriptions are deep and long and it's one of those things yeah. now i almost need to go through and clean out because i have so much stuff there's so much stuff that's good i could i couldn't listen to all of it if i i wanted to and there's a little bit of guilt about that where i'll just see like piles of wtf episodes pile up or yeah. other other podcasts uh that that i that i do like i like you know i like a tim Ferriss show still on occasion depending on who he's talking to uh or uh how i built this even though i was just talking mess about it you know um there's all, all that stuff is good but there's just so much uh peak yeah. podcast i don't know can it be i mean we're making one right now so if two yahoos like us are i'm sure there's a thousand other good things that are coming around the corner. Yeah, but this is this. We when you and I call each other on the phone, this is what we do. Yeah, like a podcast breaks out every time we talk, and we just decided <laughs> to record it. <laughs> but Broke out into a podcast today. Yeah, yeah <laughs> two yeah. youths. Um, youths. Speaking of like <laughs> talking about TV, all this kind of stuff, I'm gonna put it in a bow. So the show slash piece of art that I enjoyed a lot lately and to the point where uh, my wife binge watch it was Watchmen on HBO. Mm, Watchmen was good. I Watchmen personally thought 
that that was one of the best. Um, you know, I could talk. You, you could talk about Rise of Skywalker and now how there's another script mm. that's out there, and they were talking about that online and how that's oh that would have been so much better. But what I really liked about this show was they started with a thing, they knew where they were going, they did it in the correct amount of episodes. Uh, it was a fan who wrote it and directed a lot of it and produced it. And mm-hmm. now they're like, oh, when's season two? And he's like, eh, I don't, I don't think we're doing two. That was it. Yeah. That was enough. And I was like, perfect. I, I thought that yeah. show was so good on 50 different levels. It was awesome. Yeah, I can talk. I'd give you three shows that I love, but I'll talk about that one first. I, I, I appreciate the fact that they that there's not a season two like that they they yeah. they were able to restrain themselves at least at least t- till now we you never know what's going to happen in the future but you know that they were able to restrain themselves say we want to tell this story it goes from a to z or it doesn't go from a to z it goes from c to n but that's right. the story we want to tell you know and it's not even like it's a single motion picture that still means that it's nine hours long right that's the other thing yeah. about tv now is like we're doing these multi-movie length seasons um with the production value of film and everything else totally and it was intriguing it was good timing for what they were talking about like the way that they did the ancillary storylines yep they dropped a little bit of knowledge but it was still it was just like weird and good and you know it had you like oh is it sunday yet let me let me see the next one um totally i got i got two claps for that one um and then but but speaking along those other lines i just want to give props to i also enjoyed mandalorian if they had said there's not going to be a season two i could have i could have been good with that in the same way now if they said there wasn't going to be a season two i would have wanted the next one they do to be as good as that correct but but I thought it was strong and it just lets you it lets you soak in Star Wars. It it looks like, especially those first episodes, look like episode four. Like just the film grain, the way that they treated the the pastoral uh landscapes of it. It just felt like you were being introduced to this world and he's just not talking and being, you know, the the the, the silent cowboy or the samurai right. and it was just great. And then lastly... Hold on. Before you go to that next Okay, piece, yeah. Do your thing. Do your I thing. want to jump in on that. So uh-huh. I came to a realization the other, you know, a little while ago. We went to Disneyland, went to Star Wars Land. And when we went into it with my son, he, he lost it. Like, honestly lost. Like, was standing there and, like, got overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And I, I said this a little bit. It's like I've been to Fenway Stadium with my dad when I was, like, my my son's age and watch mm-hmm. my dad get overwhelmed by being in Fenway stadium. Right. The thing I left with that was I don't necessarily like star Wars movies. The thing I love about star Wars is it's a place I want to go to there. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> I want to go to there. <laughs> right. And, yeah. and that just when we were standing in it and seeing like the millennium Falcon and seeing, you know, people just walking around and, you know, interacting with, with the guests there was 
that's what I like. And the universe that lived in that dirty, grungy, is this thing going to work, is it not? Yeah. That's what I'm excited for with the Disney acquisition because I think we're going to get The Mandalorian. I think we're going to get a buddy comedy. I think we're going to get all of these different genres of things that are Mm going to happen in that world. Mm. And that, to me, I really dig. Because, like, as fans, you know, me less than some others, but as fans, we have held Star Wars so preciously that people get real upset when something doesn't feel right to them. So it'll be interesting to see how they expand that entire universe because there's going to be more, you know, like the more stuff there is, there's going to be some stuff that's like not for me. Right. Or not for you or not for whoever. Well, solo the star Wars story wasn't for everyone, you know, Mm -hmm. but I liked it. And Mm -hmm. the rogue one, like, you know, the, the uh, bridge over the river Kwai Mm -hmm. era, you know, uh, movie. I loved it because I liked it happening in that universe. It just depends are they going to fly an old plane or are they flying a star plane? You know? Right. Yep. That's what the Mandalorian was for me. I love Westerns. Mm-hmm. I love them. And the fact that they made a space Western. With Again. A char- <laughs> Again. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. but, and then when you watch the movies, you're like, Oh, it's like watching the opera. I get it. Mm-hmm. Well, you they know? just, uh, there was some photos that were just released. Um, they're building the hotel. So it'll be, will you go stay in the hotel where you can totally have your alternate reality experience of being in Star Wars? I don't, you know, I'll I'll go because my son will be all stoked about it Uh because, you know, he's a, he's a nerd, but by then, by the time it's built, you know, he might have a, (laughs) a car, (laughs) which will probably erase. (laughs) No, I won't say that, but I think that, you know. Like with anything, you have things that you're like absolutely in love with that you carry yeah. Yeah. from youth all the way to adulthood. And, you know, but when you get a car and a, a reason to go pick up a girl and go a place. Right. That, Maybe you won't go with dad to Disneyland. No. Woody gets left out. on the, Woody gets left on the, uh, on the bed. Woody, you know what I mean? He's like, yeah. oh, later. Kind of a thing. I mean, that's the whole story of Toy Story. That's what was beautiful about it. Things that used yeah. to be precious that no, not, not aren't. They, it's not that they no longer are precious. It's just, you know, you and I are worried about other projects, you know, not yeah, necessarily the little ones. Um, I'm going to go cry now. Um, <laughs> the, the third show I was going to say was uh, Disney Plus, um, the Imagineering story, which ah, oh. ties, in, ties into both of those things, right? Yep. It's, it's like it's like my favorite season of Westworld. That's how I describe it because it's that same thing, except they were building a less nefarious theme park, but for now, for now, right. (laughs) That that you know of, Um, but it's just like interesting watching (coughs) what goes into it, you know, as people once again, who make things and who are fans of Disney, like, I can, you know, just like seeing that dude was a madman. That stuff, yeah, he was. <laughs> Honestly, like when I look at it now, it's like he's the, like, um, Elon Musk, right? It seems to be the billionaire we we wish we had, or the billionaire we deserve. You know what? Uh-huh. We're gonna build some of this. We're gonna put rockets into space. Yeah. You know, I'm very disappointed with the rest of the billionaires in the world because you should have. <laughs> 
they should be the psychos, right? They should be the people that are like, oh, let's do this. I have more money than I know what to do it. You know, the the front, the Hank Scorpio of The Simpsons, mm. where he's got a lair and he's super nice, and he's like, hey, you know, throw some grenades I, as you I run out. I'd like to see somebody's lair. You know, somebody out there has a bat cave of some sort. You Guaranteed. know, like, why aren't Guaranteed. they sharing? <laughs> Show us um, your bat cave. <laughs> uh, yeah. But when you when you go to that, the Imagineering piece of it is, um, and not that I'd have any sort of insight that's you know uniquely special, but um, the part of it that I am sort of blown away by is, you know, Fess Parker, who is my buddy's grandpa. Mm-hmm. was in a car with Walt Disney and they drove mm-hmm. out to an orange grove and he st- stood there and he said, you're standing in main street, right? That's, that is crazy epic, you know, mm-hmm. crazy when it, when there was nothing, Anaheim was not Anaheim. It was orange groves and farming or whatever. Yep. And to, and to say, and to go to a, you know, a carnival with their, his kids and go, you know, this place is dirty and a little scary. It's too bad uh-huh. there's not a nice version of this. Right. With something for me to do that's entertaining right. for adults as well. Yeah. And, and how he would just, just pull people in well, and, you know, you're a model designer, but guess what? You're going to make this, you know, go for and it. Not, and not once, right? Like, you see how crazy it is watching that to see the first Disneyland get built and, like, what it started as yeah. and what they did. And then they went on to do it, like, eight or ten more times. Like, Like, oh, yeah, you know. Florida, Euro Dizzy, Japan, Japan again, you know, Shanghai. Like, there's just like. The Japan commitment to me is one of the craziest ones where they put every single person had a shadow for a year. Yeah. That's insane to me. That's amazing. On both sides, right? They sent the Japanese to the U.S. first and then the U.S. Mm -hmm. team to Japan to help them build. Yep. And yeah, so anyway, so that I'm probably going to have to rewatch at least episode one now coming off of this. Sure. But um, sure. but yeah, that was that was a heavy thing, like to, to 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 watch that and just see it all unfold. And now I'm kicking myself, though, because I've been to Tokyo once and I went to Tokyo Disney. But if I had done my homework, I would have found out Tokyo Disney is literally was built as an exact replica of Correct. our Disneyland. But Disney Sea, which is right next door to it, is I guess some people call it the best theme park in the world. Other people I've heard are not that impressed with it, but it's a different Disney and it's unique and only there in Tokyo. And instead I went to the I will have you know <laughs> I am going to Tokyo for the first time in my life. I'm going for four days. I'm going with Brian mm-hmm. and Tommy. We are definitely going to that place. Uh, how do I get in on this trip? What is this trouble all about? I know. I'm gonna you're going to reach out offline. You should. You absolutely. Yeah, it'd be like, we're going, I think we're going to go to Japan for four days and I need Japan tips big time. Oh yeah. Well, we got him. Uh, and also I'll lean on Leonard. He lives there half the year. He's, he can tell you all the places. Do I need to hire a some guide? Whiskey and stuff. No, you don't need to hire a guide. You need to talk okay. to your friends and get a list and you need to have your phone and you'll be good to go. All but right. also, if you can find your number one fan out there, maybe so. <laughs> Show up with a case of wine and be like, let's yeah. hit it. Who's in Japan? <laughs> That'd be awesome. I'm going uh, to Japan. On that note, I got to jump. But Me if too. You are, 
currently in Japan and you are on the <laughs> podcast, please reach out to Keith. And uh, yeah, that'll be that. That was, that was nice to, to stretch our muscles. <laughs> Good. All right. Have a productive right. day. You as well. Boom. Going to Japan. <laughs> 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 <Love it. laughs>